Welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark Students, check out watermark.org students, and we hope that this episode is helpful to you. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Watermark Students Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will McElroy, and I'm joined with joined with my co-host, Hannah Spence. What's up, Hannah? Hey, it's good to be here. And then our student guest today is Biak Sang. What's up, Biak? What is going on, guys? Biak, tell me a little bit. What school do you go to? What grade are you in? I go to the one and only Lake Highlands High School. I'm a senior there. Dude, let's go. College next year? Any sneak peeks? Uh... I don't know. We might be Patriots all the way, but DBU not for sure. Go Pats. DBU. Yeah. We might be, man. Let's go. But okay. Uh, I want to start off. We always start every episode off with an icebreaker, as y'all probably know. And and this season, this is was inspired by Jermaine Harrison, who will be joining us for other episodes, I'm sure. But we have been discussing how some sayings that people make throughout their day, throughout their lives, they just don't really add up. They don't make a ton of sense. And we wanted to get a student perspective on some of the common sayings that are not really common scenarios. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's common sayings that don't make any common sense is what it is. And so my, my one that has always confused me, Biak, which I want your thoughts on this is all the time people say, you can't have your cake and eat it too. What does that mean? You can't have your cake and eat it too, Biak. Well, okay, for starters, you can't have your cake. I need it too. Here's my question <laughs> for you. Biak, have you ever had cake and not eaten it? No, I've always had my cake and eaten it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I've always had my cake and ate it. That's why it doesn't make sense. It's like, of course I it can. It doesn't make any sense. So that's, I think I'm just confused at like, what do you think the, what do you even think the, like, the intention of that saying is? I guess maybe to, like, scorn somebody in a way. It's saying, you can't have this, but at the same time have that. So you can't have this and that? You can't. I would say that makes sense to me. See, that's where I was always like, I think the saying should have gone, like, you can't eat your cake. You can't eat all of your cake and still have leftovers. Yeah. Because basically the saying I think is like, you can't have a good thing and then enjoy it as well, is maybe what it's trying to say it. But I'm like, I have done that. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I think we should petition to change it. Like, you can't have all of your cake and still have leftovers. You can't Y'all have like your that? cake, Agreed. eat your cake, and keep your cake. Yeah. So you can't eat all your cake and still keep it. Yeah. I think that just makes more sense. And yeah. you can't have your cake and eat it too. Because every time I've had cake, I've eaten it. So anyways. And it's so good. That, that's good. So we're going to keep looking at common sayings that don't make much common sense. And so uh, if you have any sayings that you're confused about, feel free just to DM Jermaine Harrison. These really do just kind of uh, grind his gears a little bit. Uh, another saying keep that we'll probably have to, yeah, keep him up at night. Um, so we'll, we'll keep looking at those. But today, what we're really here to talk about um, is this topic called comparison. And Biak, he, uh, as we talked about, just what topic you wanted to do, man, you chose comparison. And I was surprised to see that uh, out of all of our episodes, we've never spoken on just comparison as a whole. And so I'm really excited for where this topic will take us. But first, first, Vic, I want I want to ask you, where did where'd you grow up? And give us a little bit of background about yourself. And then I think that will kind of take us into this topic of comparison. 
Yeah. So I was born in Burma, and then we moved to the we moved to the United States when I was around five. Is when I started kindergarten, and so mm. straight from that, you know, I was playing catch up a lot of my life, and so with that, I wanted to be as good as the people you know that were already here, or even better. And so through that, at Sunday school, I wanted to be the kid who knew all the verses that he was told to know, the kid that would help, would do whatever he can to put up the chairs at, after church. And even at school, I was the kid that wanted to have all the good grades, be the best in whatever sports I was part of, or just work my tail off in whatever I was part of. But with that came a lot of, you know, trying to figure out why people weren't wanting to talk to me, weren't wanting to be with me. And with, I think a lot of it was because I wanted to be better because I never had better. And so I wanted to be that. And so through that, you know, people didn't, I would say, didn't like that. They didn't like that I was, you know, trying to figure out this life of just wanting to be better than wanting to be somebody. And so through that, I was very distant with people soon enough where I realized what I was doing wasn't, you know, getting all the attention. So through that, I followed the the image of others. I followed the identity of others, wanting to find attention through that. But that came with more void and emptiness. But once I reached high school, I met a couple of guys who, you know, I could tell that it was evident that the Lord was working in their lives. And I thought that I, I thought I hit the spot. I had thought I knew, like, I found the right guys. But even then, I wanted to compare myself to, just their walk with the Lord and what they had and just their families. Mm-hmm. But through that, through their love and through by the grace of God, I realized that these guys, you know, no matter what I had to tell them, no matter what I had to confess to them, they were willing to just understand and open up with open arms. And they knew that I was different. They knew the background. They knew who I was, but they were still willing to take me on as their own, as their own friend, their own family. And that was what happened with Christ himself too. And so through that, I've learned a lot about just, finding my identity, finding myself in Christ, even through high school, you know, doing all four years of high school, I realized like I am different. I am one of the few followers of a dark school, dark, you know, community, dark society. But it's a, I, it's evident that like the Lord has taught me that all you need is to be you and all you need is to bring yourself to me. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. I think kind of just to summarize what all I heard you say of just, like, man, you definitely have a unique perspective on on comparison. One, just where you were born and then kind of like you said, trying to play catch up to try to catch up with friends, try to catch up with uh, with friend groups and everything throughout high schoolers. And then even as you came to know the Lord of just how you ended of just saying, like, I'm one of the few followers in a public high school, like a dark place in a society, you know, that is dark, like mostly filled with unbelievers. And so it's just so easy, like you said, to compare yourself to even other believers or other friend groups or people that have been here all their life or people who are good at sports, whatever it is. And so I think, man, I think uh, you give a unique perspective on comparison, but also it's something that we all deal with, you know, even whether we grew up in another country or not, it's like, and in one way or another, I think everyone is going to be tempted to compare themselves to those around us, uh, which kind of brings me as to my maybe my next question is, uh, when does comparison become a sin? Because yeah, I think, you know, I think Hannah and I want to argue that it's not always sinful, but let's first just talk about when is comparison sinful? Yeah. So it becomes a sin when you fall down this path of 
jealousy and pride. And so through that, you know, comparison starts to slowly lead you into like the idea that you're not made in the image of God, mm-hmm. that you have to be made in the image of yourself or someone else. And so through that, you, you know, live a life full of pride and live a life full of jealousy of never being content. But as Genesis one twenty seven says, that God created man and woman in his own image. And so just once you, you know, forget that, once you follow what others have to offer, that's when it becomes a sin. That's when you stray from God. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I think of the verse, first Corinthians fifteen ten, which just says like, by the grace of God, I am what I am, mm-hmm. you know? And I think throughout the Bible, Psalm 139 talks about that of just, mm-hmm. you're made in God's image. And so I love that when you forget who God made you to be and the man or woman that God has called you to be, anytime you look away from that and compare yourself to others, uh, outside of God's image, then I'm like, man, that is, you're right. That is where you fall into pride and jealousy. And, and ultimately that's when comparison becomes a sin. But okay. So going back a little bit, Hannah, I said that I don't always think comparison is sinful. Um, and do you agree with that, Anna? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I would say it's not inherently sinful. In fact, the Bible would tell us to remember our leaders and those who sp- spoke the works of God to you and consider the outcome of their ways and imitate their faith. And that's Hebrews twelve seven. So um, in order to imitate someone, you have to compare to them, but also you're not fully just comparing yourself. You're comparing them to like what scripture said. And you touched, both of you touched on this a little bit comparison in the right context of knowing where your worth and value is um, and trusting the Lord's sovereignty over your life is where comparison can be contained and be a safe place to grow. But when it's taken out of that, that is when it can lead to sin and it can be hijacked by pride or discontentment. Um, In Hebrews 13, it says, keep your lives free of the love of money and be content with what you have because God had says, has said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And you could say, fill in the blank with keep your life free from free of love of anything um, because that can cause discontentment and we get to con- discontentment by comparison. And that's by us mm-hmm. not first and foremost being like, hey, my worth and value and identity comes from God and he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. But if I'm searching for my satisfaction outside of that, that's when comparison can come dangerous and lead to all of these other sins. Yeah, I think I always bring it back to the heart of the issue. For example, I think, Biak, I'm going to use you as my example. You and if if y'all listening don't know what shall seek, shall find is, it's a kind of a Bible. Is it would it be fair to say it's a Bible study that you and your friends lead lead every Sunday night? Yep. So, anyways. Y'all should look them up if, if on Instagram, shall seek, shall find. But the reason I bring this example up is I have often thought that I'm like, man, I think it's so awesome what y'all do and how consistent you have been at inviting people and sharing God's word. And I think it would be totally okay for me to look at that example and to say, I wish, I wish my life reflected that in a lot more ways than it does. And I wish I, I admire Biok and his friends and the way they do that. And so in that sense, I don't think that's bad to compare myself to that and to strive to, to host settings where others can come and hear the word of God. However, I do think it would be sinful for me to be like, man, Biok and all of his friends, they have so much fun doing this. Like, I wish I could be more like them so that way I'd have more friends and have more social status and a cooler friend group. Uh, I think that would be 
sin of comparison. Would you all agree? The difference there is is one. The first one is like, I want to be more like that yeah. so others can know Jesus. The second one is, which is sin. The second one is a sinful one because it's like I want to be more like that so I can be cooler and more liked and have a better friend group. Would you agree, Biag? Yeah. With that? I would. So, uh, okay. So, second question is: You're senior. You've been in high school, obviously, four years. How do you see comparison uniquely affecting teenagers right now? Yeah. So, a good analogy I've heard before is it puts them in a race that ends up not having a finish line. So with that, you know, this discontentment of wanting to perform, wanting to dress a certain way, wanting to be in a certain group, wanting to be popular, I say at the end of the day, it's just an endless cycle. As Ecclesiastes says, just a numbing cycle of toil, ultimately vanity, ultimately just worthless. And it just, you know, brings students and brings high schoolers down a path where they will, they think they'll never be enough, no matter how fast, you know, they're racing there's no finish line. There's always more and more mm-hmm. that they desire. I love that, man. And on the topic of races, uh, I remember in my sophomore year of high school, so I ran track and cross country. I remember thinking to myself, if I can just break 11 minutes in the two mile, I will be happy, right? And I remember my first race, my sophomore year, I ran 10 minutes and 27 seconds for two miles. And then you know, a few weeks go by, like I said, I was going to be happy, right? Like, do y'all think I was happy with that after a few weeks? I think you were for a minute, you had that medal and that personal record. And yeah, I had that runner's high for a couple of weeks, but then, you know, I had some friends that ran like a 1015 or a 1005. And then I was like, man, I won't be happy till I run a 1015. And then I run that fast my like junior and senior year. And you already like, kind of like you said, it's a race that never ends of just being like, man, like I always want more. I always want more. And the reason I wanted more is because I was looking to my friends and to others and being like, man, they're running faster than me. They're getting new PRs, new personal records. And it's like, I just need to keep doing better and better. And then I'll be happy. And kind of like you said, like again, it's, I think that's a great analogy. It's like, it was a race that never ended. And then, um, finally, by the time I started running in college, probably my sophomore, junior year, I realized like, I just need to be content with my best, uh, running my best race and, and, uh, it made a world difference, but yeah. Hannah, would you say you had would anything to add? No, to I love that analogy. And I would just say it truly, what it is, is a race to something that never satisfies mm-hmm. and you're continuing to try and find that satisfaction apart from Christ. And mm-hmm. that's when it becomes sinful because you've forgotten your identity. You've forgotten who you were made for and your purpose and what you were made for. So when you're mm-hmm. chasing that, um, you, are forgetting that you were made by God for God, for his glory to know and enjoy him. But instead we're seeking to enjoy like immediate gratification, the things of this world and just what's around us and not looking towards the ultimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think last thing I would say, and this will lead us to my, my next question for you, Biak, is I, we, I see this comparison really affecting a lot of areas in high school. Grades is one sports, which we just talked about as a big one. Biak, you've mentioned friend groups, comparing yourself to other friend groups. And man, why don't I have more friends as as this person? Or maybe on a Thursday night, you don't have any plans, but all these other people do. And you start getting FOMO and you start comparing about that. And uh, so there's a lot of ways where comparison plays out. But maybe the biggest one that I hear getting mentioned all the time is social media, just Mm -hmm. being a source of comparison. So Biak, my my question for you is you your generation, even our generation, I'm not much older than you, has been def- defined by social media. 
right? It's it's hard to be a teenager without being on Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. And so with social media being thrown out thrown at us, how can we battle comparison while still being on those apps? Yeah. So I think one, you have to realize a few things. It is a gift from God. So it can be used to the glory of God. And two, at the end of the day, it's all just highlights and peaks of people's lives. For me, I can clearly say, yeah, a lot of my posts, a lot of the things that I do, just times when, you know, I felt really good. I, I was, I thought this is post worthy, but as Proverbs says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So from what your heart and your eyes seek and what they desire, that's what your feed represents. That's what your, your explore page your for you page represents just what your heart wants. And so the endless scrolling ends up being, you know, what you want. So I'd say practical ways would be following the right people, following the people that, you know, have Jesus in their lives that will ultimately either point you to Christ or just they will help you encourage so you can know Christ yourself. And one really good practical way to battle comparison is would be following the right people, following people that know Jesus and point you to Jesus to the point where, you know, the more people you follow as Instagram, for example, Instagram's algorithm works, the more people you follow of certain diversity of certain things they're part of, the more you'll see that on your For You page, the more that you'll see that on your Explore page. And so through that, you know, if, you're, if your heart seeks Jesus, if your heart seeks, you know, good things that come from above, then you have to be willing to follow good things. You have to be willing to know good things and seek good things for yourself. Mm, I love that, man. Do you have any thoughts immediately? Yeah, on social media, I think, like you said, like it can be a gift and something that's used as a tool to glorify God. But in order to do that, I think there's two things that you have to keep in mind with it um, in order to keep your own heart healthy and to not be a platform for you to compare or oftentimes with it, the comparison leads to discontentment. And the first thing I would be like, keep in mind that it is a highlight reel. And I know we've all heard that over and over again, but how often do we truly believe that we are just seeing the curated best, most beautiful parts of someone's life, but we're not seeing the inner wrestlings of their heart or the other circumstances in their life um, that are painful or hard, um, but we're seeing the fun stuff. Um, And the second thing, I think being on social media and staying in a healthy place requires a deep amount of humility to be able to say like, hey, I'm not okay if I keep scrolling and acknowledging like, hey, I am comparing here and I can't keep doing this and being a willingness to like say like, hey, I shouldn't be on this for however much time. And just the willingness and humility to recognize that your heart at times can be not okay with it. And I think in general, like our heart is wicked and desperately sick and is constantly going to be a war. So we have to be able to be willing to be like, hey, I can step away from this for a time because there will be seasons when we are quick to compare and quick to be discontent. And so if we can keep in mind that, hey, it's a highlight, it's not real life, um, or it's bits and glimpses of real life. And then at times it's okay to be like, hey, I'm not in a place to be on this and it's going to lead to sin and be able to step away and walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that last part is is so good. I I, I would be very hesitant to, to ever say like social media is bad. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think anyone that that says that I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with them. I would just say like, Hey, the world is bad. Social yeah. media isn't bad, you know? And so if someone's reason for not using social media is that it's just bad, then I'd be like, I think that's just a very, uh, I, I think 
I think that's a weak argument. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good reasons not to use social media, but I, I think for me, Hannah, the most impactful thing you said is just like, man, uh, I think every student, every adult, everyone in the world should take regular breaks from social media. Um, I, I think it would be hard, be like maybe agree or disagree with me. I think it'd be hard for a student to completely abandon social media. Not that they shouldn't, not that it's impossible, but would you agree that it would be hard? Yeah, definitely. Like to the point where you have to like, you know, delete your account or something. That mm-hmm. would be hard. But I do. There's I, there's like 400 million users on Snapchat. I think TikTok has a billion users. Instagram has over a billion users. Like, how, I mean, would you say all of your friends are on at least one of those apps? Yep, they would. 100%. And so I think, you know, it may not be realistic to tell a student like, man, don't get on social media. But I think what you said, Hannah, is just like, I you really need to to audit your life, look at your life and just say, am I in a season right now where in the next few months I'm healthy enough to to be on social media? And for me, I've, I find that pretty regularly. If anyone knows me, I mean, you can look me up and realize that like, wow, Will is, he uses social media. He uses a lot. He posts a lot. He's got a lot of followers. But just know that I went, I think I went the last six weeks without posting anything and really using it at all. And that's just because I needed a break from it. And so I think that was a great point, Viak. I think you made a great point of just um, just sort of curating, training the algorithm. I think TikTok uh, is has done such a scary and incredible job of creating an algorithm that feeds you exactly what your flesh wants, right? You open the app uh, and it tells you like, you want to watch this and we know you want to watch this, whether it's appropriate or inappropriate, whether it's going to lead to comparison or not. I think most students, in fact, I know this for a fact that most teenagers, if you gave them like, you can only use TikTok or you can only have Netflix. On average, the average teenager would pick TikTok. Like I would pick TikTok over Netflix. And that's because of that algorithm. They're just like, I don't even have to decide what to watch. Like it just knows what I want. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, like what you said of just how do I battle comparison then? Well, I think the algorithm, you need to trick the algorithm. You need to train the algorithm. And so I would say like, man, if if you would be embarrassed for your mom, your dad, like a parent figure uh, to to open your social media, to open your TikTok and to start scrolling through through it, then uh, then man, I think that that you need to do what Biog said and kind of train and train the algorithm a little bit. And uh, I really think that is important when talking about comparison. If if there are people in your life that just like, man, it is so easy for me to compare myself to them. You don't have to unfollow them. You don't have to block them, but just hit mute. You know, I think that is totally appropriate to say like, I'm just going to mute them because I know that my mind just leads to comparison. Um, when I do that. And, um, so I, I could go on a long, <laughs> a long bit about social media, but it definitely does, uh, play a big role in comparison. And I don't think all social media is bad, but I do think we need to start training our social media because for so long it has trained us. So Biak, back to you, man. Um, <clears throat> I kind of want to just end with some final encouragements that you would have. I know that this is comparison. A worldly comparison is something that I struggle with. I know students struggle with, parents struggle with, like we're all tempted to struggle with it. So what would be your final encouragement to someone who's struggling with uh, comparison? Yeah, I'd say the more you seek comparison in your possessions and your gifts, the less you realize the contrast in your possessions and gifts. 
So a good verse with that is Galatians 1.10, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? So with just the idea that the more you compare what you have and the more you compare what God's given you, the less you realize like what, what you have and what God's given you is different from the next person. And God made it that way so that, you know, not everybody would be different, that there would be millions of people all different, but for the glory and renown of one king, of one God. And so just, you know, seek the fact that like God made you as he wanted to, that he knew you in the womb and that he made you fearfully and wonderfully made mm. so that you could be you and mm. not the next person. Yeah, that's so good. And I would even go off of what you said of like, it is incredibly important to know your identity um, and what God says about you. And I think a slippery slope with comparison can be the pride that can lead there that we are so often to forget that others are also made in the same identity that Christ created them. And we often, when we compare, we're looking at them as a threat to us and our self-glory versus them being someone that is made in God's image that we get to partner with and glorifying and knowing God and encouraging and loving one another. So I would just encourage everyone to consider others as children of God and people made in his glory and the way just even at a thought level you think and compare yourselves with them. Just consider if you are glorifying them or glorifying the Lord and honoring them in your thought process of comparison. And then the last thing I would say is God assesses the heart and not the outward appearance. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so I would just leave that as a call to examine your heart and make sure your heart is right with the Lord um, before you go to try and create this outward facade of like, I am the perfect Christian or I have all of these fun things. I have all of the friends because at the end of the day, um, those things are nothing to the Lord. He generally just wants your heart and a relationship with you and all of those other things can be distractions from him. So I'll just close with, with some thoughts that I, I wrote, you know, several months ago. Um, but that just kind of go like this is I, I think, to summarize what both of you have said, and my last thoughts would just be, don't try to be anyone but yourself. That Jesus, he wants you to be you. Uh, I think he does want you to be a kinder, more loving, uh, more faithful version of yourself, but he doesn't want you to be anything other than yourself. And so he never wanted you to be better looking. He never wanted you to be more athletic or smarter or to have you know a more fun group of friends. But the only thing he's wanted from you ever is for you to just be faithful. And so if you're struggling with comparison, I would just remind yourself of that, that Jesus, he wants you uh, to be the man or woman that he called you to be. So, Yuck, this is such a great topic. And thank you, bro, for coming on here. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. Go, Anna. See you next time. Yeah, I'll be here. (laughs) See y'all. Thank you.